everybody, and welcome on into Betting the Highline, brought to you by Book It Sports. I'm Thomas Viola, joined as always by Taylor Wilson, here to give you our thoughts each and every week on the slate of soccer around the footballing world. Taylor, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good, uh, as well as I can after a crazy roller coaster uh, here in our first week in the show's history. Um, decently successful in the Prem weekend, and then all that completely went out the window once Champions League hit. So I'm excited to, uh, you know, cry about it with you here. No doubt about it. It was a tough. I had a tough time this weekend too. Not our best start for sure on the show, but. Hey, it just means we can only go up from here. Of course, we have our three big picks that we give out each and every week at the end of the show. So stay tuned for those from this week. But let's start by breaking down exactly what happened for our biggest games over the weekend and through the Champions League. Because for me, obviously, one of the biggest points of contention for us on the first episode was how was the Merseyside Derby going to turn out? Was Everton going to be able to keep it close with Liverpool, keep it a low-scoring affair like I thought? Turns out not the case, but what a cracker of a game it was. Absolutely worth the 4.30 a.m. wake-up. We all know Liverpool probably should have gotten the win with that really questionable offsides decision at the very end, but we absolutely hit that over like you predicted. Was that one of your top three picks? Unfortunately, it was not. It was a pick that I took and put some uh, hard-earned American money on, thankfully, uh, and the over did hit. Uh, absolutely insane game. I think a game that we're going to look back on later in this season as potentially a pivotal one uh, for the rest of the Premier League year. Virgil van Dijk, of course, injured in that game with the controversial Jordan Pickford challenge. Um, just another ridiculous VAR decision. I'm sure you were thrilled with it, but <laughs> most of the, I'm, you know, the red half of Merseyside and even us neutrals were like, what in the world was that offsides call? Um, but hey, I was thrilled with the play. Um, I hit that over. Unfortunately, my corner play, which was only a little, it was a half unit that did not hit. Um, and I think it's, pretty much told me I'm not going to do another corner prop here for a while. <laughs> it's just so hard to predict. Those are, yeah, those are just so notoriously unpredictable. It's almost impossible to figure out. That's not something that I really look to bet. But, hey, sometimes you got to go with the props. Uh, on the show, I did give out the draw at 3-1, to one, so that is going to cash, and that's my only Premier League play to cash because my second EPL pick that was one of my top three, Arsenal plus one, gave us the push. Well, that's one of those where we, we talk about that one flat goal line, whether you're on the minus side or the plus side, often being a push play because teams so often win by one. Um, that was just a really tricky one for me. I was looking for live moves. I ultimately didn't take anything. Um, maybe there is an assumption. We'll talk about this a little bit more when we get to the Prem this weekend that Man City has turned the corner um, and maybe Arsenal has gone in the other direction. I think um, – Arsenal got outplayed, but not completely outclassed in that game. Um, your goal line move would have been the play that I would have taken on the, on the goals. Um, and ultimately, that's why you like a play like that, because you do get push protection. But like I always say, betting for the push, at the end of the day, it ends up being kind of bittersweet. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. But that was one of those games where I felt like if uh, – I felt like Arsenal had a chance to either win or get the draw – but I wanted that little bit of extra insurance on it. And sure enough, that insurance absolutely paid off there. What was, uh, what was your second bet? 
So this is one of the ones I started as one of the three of the week. And uh, as I said, I did pretty well on the kind of non-highlighted bets, the bets where I was just sort of leaning but not feeling that confident about. This one I felt possibly more confident about than any wager of the week. And it was taking leads over Wolves, uh, which did not cash. Um, ultimately, I think it's clear that both of those teams have some positivity about them. If you watch the game, Leeds played well enough, but Wolves kind of did what they were doing a lot post-coronavirus uh, break restart last year, where they didn't have a lot of the ball. In fact, I think they had 30-something percent. And yeah. they just played good counterattacking football, just got on the break, ultimately got the one goal that they needed, and are really good at connecting the dots on those kind of long passes on the counterattack. And that got them the win. I think the draw ultimately watching that game would have been the smartest play. Um, I've tried shying away from draw plays this year, and I still think Leeds is an interesting team. They're not a team that I'm going to completely run away from, but they are a newly promoted Wolves, not that far removed from coming up to the Prem, but a little bit of experience and also just, you know, this was an interesting manager battle as well um, with your boy again <laughs> for, for Leeds against uh, Nuno. And I think ultimately Nuno had the slight edge. They kind of played their game and won it. So disappointing. I really was feeling high off the Leeds success early this year and it just didn't cash i i actually followed you on that play so that was another disappointing one for me it was actually a rough betting weekend overall <laughs> uh the everton the everton liverpool that gets us through the arsenal push was okay but then my third big bet was dortmund versus lazio i had dortmund plus 120 and they just did not show up in the way that i thought they would which also is really going to hurt my Dortmund 35 to one future, but we'll see. We'll see about that one game in certainly a lot of time, but Dortmund not showing up in the champions league so far. And as a result, I go one, one, and one on my big three bets. It's going to put me up two units total. What was your third and final big bet? And then we can talk about the rest of our weekend. Yeah. So I actually have two of my, my big bets left to give here and uh, neither of them hit. So I'm happy to just kind of like not mention uh, either of them. <laughs> I, I really, you know, looking back on this, Tom, this is one of those things where it's like, I don't regret any of the three bets. Um, yeah. You were on the right side. It just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. The other one was going Sevilla money line plus 265 against Chelsea in the champions league. That game finished nil nil. And you know, it was, it was, I mean, the scoreline says it all. It was an ugly game. It was more Sevilla putting their style on the game than Chelsea, which makes you think that I would have been okay grabbing them on the money line. But ultimately, Sevilla does this occasionally where they're more worried about kind of aggravating the opponent than necessarily getting anything for themselves. And that was very much what this game was. It was also um, a, an over-under disaster for anyone that looked at this and said, hey, Chelsea sees the bright lights of, 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 of this Blues team that has been scoring goals like crazy and leaking goals like crazy. But ultimately, sometimes, you know, it's the other side. It's Sevilla's defense winning out over Chelsea's attack here. And uh, any under better got that. But I thought Sevilla was a pretty good team on the day. They just ultimately didn't get it. My final uh, big bet of the week, and this is another one that I really liked beforehand, a PSG team, Tom, that I have been betting basically since some of those big Champions League games last year, um, had them minus one and a half goals at plus 148, which I thought was incredible value for a result that I really felt confident about. Manchester United coming off of some dreadful stretches of play. Uh, in their own right, and ultimately did not hit. Manchester United gets a penalty shout that they then score. 
Uh, that game was 1-1 for most of it. So I was kind of thinking, huh, maybe, maybe PSG keeps that back door open. But ultimately, it went the other way. Manchester United's fullbacks just frustrating players like Neymar and Mbappe on the day. And uh, Manchester United won that game outright, which I thought was one of the big shocks of the week, Tom. You know, we talked last week, is Ole going to be in trouble because of how tough the week is shaping up for him and how bad that how bad everything looked to be uh, looked to be on the schedule for Man U. But instead, going we, we now have to go from talking about is his job in danger to that was an impressive win, and they have a very good chance against Chelsea here on Saturday. Absolutely. I mean, I think that win, regardless of what happens over the next few weeks, bought him a ton of time. Um, it's going to be interesting because it's a tough group. And it wouldn't be shocking, you know, knowing this kind of Manchester United roller coaster that it's been over the really the entire Ole tenure. You could argue the entire last seven years post the last time Manchester United won the Premier League title. Um, they have these highs and then they kind of go right back into the gutter. We'll see. The next couple of months, really interesting for Man U, you, as you say. Huge game domestically in England for them against Chelsea this weekend with two managers that are already kind of under fire, at least before that result for Ole uh, in Frank Lampard and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, but I think he bought himself a lot of time with that win. I agree. Very curious to see what Man United does on Saturday against Chelsea, but we'll break down the whole Premier League slate in just a bit. But first, let's talk about some of the other bets that we had for the weekend in action and then also really break down some of what we can glean from this first week of Champions League play. One bet that I was able to cash a little bit on, I had a unit on Juve versus Kiev, and they come through. It was something I was leaning towards, but a little shaky on just due to Juventus's record on the road in the Champions League early goings. But they come through for me in the clutch there in what was a tough game. Yeah, I loved this Mitchell and Atalanta game. Atalanta, a team I was betting like crazy last year, riding that blue wave, and ultimately it worked out for me more often than not. Um, it seems like that's a team that's picked up right where they left off last season, which maybe surprises some people, but they can score goals, man. They are just really fun to watch in an attacking sense. I had a minus one and a half, a little bit of plus uh, price on that too, plus 123, and they covered that handily. Um, I'm going to keep keep riding Atalanta basically until it doesn't seem like uh, they have the mojo anymore. Um, if you look at what they've done in Syria going into that game, they had won 4-2, 4-1, um, Just a really good Atalanta team. So I was able to hit that. Another one that uh, <laughs> went south in a hurry, that, that barcelona Ferenc Varos uh, game, yep. I think really was a uh, pronunciation guide for many of our listeners last week. Um, Maybe don't overthink these games, Tom. I, I, you know, I looked at this and I said, man, three goals is a lot. This is a Hungarian team that was really fun in qualifying. I actually watched some of their qualifying round games, which, you know, I don't often do. It's kind of like wait for the group stage. But they, they took out Celtic. They took out Muldi. And they got taken out in this one, 5-1 uh, to Barca. I had them plus three. I thought it was great. Um, they had a penalty opportunity. They had a goal in the first half, by the way, Tom, that got overtaken on VAR. I was yelling at my television screen but uh ultimately that did not hit maybe don't overthink a barcelona against a uh, hungarian minnow next time I, and the thing with barcelona is they they very much didn't have not looked apart so far in la liga this season but all of a sudden they came alive which is way more than you could say for their la liga counterparts in real madrid who i think now we officially have to start questioning and worrying about in this group 
Yeah, absolutely. Is this the time to let people know about this parlay that uh, I yes, got into I think this uh, is... <laughs> on Wednesday? All right. So <laughs> first of all, I have to give a shout out to a, uh, another member of the Book It Sports family, Jeff Parles. You can check him out on the parlay cast. Um, <laughs> he and I, you know, are constantly bouncing ideas back and forth, whether it be soccer or other sports, but increasingly footy. I think he's trying to, uh, you know, kind of get into the scene and he's always texting me ideas. So we're talking about yesterday's games, um, maybe 30 to 60 minutes before the first slate kicked off, right? So there were two slates. There's that Eastern European slate with two games. And he says, hey, how about a parlay? And I'm thinking, all right, well, this is a guy, first of all, I mean, his show is called The Parlay Cast. He loves a parlay. He's notorious for the parlays. I'm thinking, all right, what, what kind of crazy trick does he have up his sleeve on this one? And he decides to look into both Eastern European away teams. So one of the games was Salzburg and um, Locomotive Moscow. The other game, you mentioned Real Madrid, it's Real and Shakhtar Donetsk. So I first looked at the Real Donetsk game as, hey, you know what, Donetsk plus two goals. This is a team that's in the Champions League often. They're in Europe, in, whether it's Europa or Champions League, almost every single year. One of the best teams historically in Ukraine in the last few decades. They inexplicably have this talent pipeline to Brazil that no one really understands. The Brazilian Ukrainians, exactly. Yep. And... You know, you talked about Barca kind of sliding domestically recently. Real Madrid was coming off of a terrible 1-0 loss to Cadiz in the weekend in La Liga. That made sense to me, at least maybe doing something on the goal line. So immediately I was like, yeah, you know what? I am going to take Donetsk plus two. That was something I was eyeing already. But I didn't really think either of those teams would win. Five minutes later, I text Jeff, and I'm like, you know what? Why not? Because there were cases to be made for both home teams being yeah. you know, not all that good. Salzburg. Uh, is kind of meh. Real Madrid not only has struggled domestically in La Liga, but they were missing like half their team. No Ramos in the squad, no Benzema, no Cruz. And I started to see the bright lights. So Salzburg has been very meh without Timo Warner. That, that transfer has definitely hurt them big time. But the other thing with Shakhtar, they were missing 10 men to COVID. Yeah, well, they had, that, they had, they had the COVID situation. But there was something about that Shakhtar game that made sense to me, you know? Um, the other one, I just threw my hands up and I said, listen, I do not know enough about this matchup. I had no plan to touch anything in Salzburg locomotive. By the way, the fighting Russian trains, as Jeff Parles calls them. Uh, <laughs> Parles actually texted me about this parlay two seconds after you did. I get the text from you <laughs> saying, I'm thinking about taking this. And I was like, I wonder where this came from. And two seconds later, I get the photo from Jeff and I'm like, yep, this tracks. <laughs> so I do the math and I put both together. I glue them together in a parlay and I realize it's 80 to one. Ooh. And you know, it's one of those where it's like, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's the early slate. I'm trying to make my actual money, you know, get my bread and butter in the late slate. Anyway, I already have all those plays lined up. Like I kind of mentioned some of them. Um, let's just have fun in this. If it doesn't hit, we're going to do a small unit. If it doesn't hit, who knows? So what goes down? Well, within a half hour, Shakhtar is up 2-0. <laughs> Away to Real. And the fighting Russian trains, Locomotive Moscow, are up 1-0 at Salzburg. So here we are about a half an hour in, and this thing is on the money with, of course, about an hour to go. We get to halftime, and, of course, Salzburg equalizes before the break. It's 1-1 there at the break. It's 2-0 Shakhtar Donetsk. 
in Spain. So here we are, we're thinking, all right, man, just one locomotive goal. Of course, early in the second half, Salzburg gets a goal uh, and they're up to one. Choctaw, though, goes up 3-0. And so it's like, yeah, oh, we're going to get one of these and we're not going to get the other. I knew Choctaw was the right play. But where this gets really nutty, Tom, is later in the second half, Real starts building into the game, which makes sense. You know, they do this in games where maybe they're not competitive in the first. They get two goals back, so it's 3-2. Locomotive equalizes, so it's 2-2 in the other game. And I texted Jeff. I'm like, man, you know what's going to happen here? These are going to flip. We're going to get the fighting trains bet. We're going to get Locomotive, the bet that makes no sense to win. And Shakhtar is going to draw with Real 3-3. Sure enough, Real gets a third goal. It gets overturned by VAR. This is close to stoppage time or maybe into stoppage time at this point. And the other game just keeps at 2-2, back and forth. Salzburg had plenty of chances, but so did Locomotive. Both games go full time. We get one half of it at Shakhtar, 3-2 winners. And the other game, a draw 2-2. So one goal away from a massive payday, Tom. But I was happy I took it. It was a lot of fun. There's, there's far worse ways to spend $20, in my opinion. And I think that's what I told you when you were making the bet. I was like, ah, well, look, it's going to give you an afternoon of entertainment. Little did we know it was actually going to be that entertaining and we were going to get that much of a sweat on it. I was so thankful Shakhtar didn't completely collapse because it's just great to see. It's great to see a story like that where they take down a team like Real, who really now is in a lot of trouble, quite frankly. They're now at the bottom of the group. Obviously, it's only been one game, but it's not like this team has looked good at all this season so far in any competition. Yeah, I would be a little bit concerned. I mean, it's not, you know, there are harder groups and there are easier groups, but now when you consider that Shakhtar, supposedly one of the easier teams in Group B, has grabbed the win, you think about the fact that uh, you know, that intergame drew, which probably helps from a Real perspective if they're starting to think about maybe getting second place. But that group is wide open. You have Shakhtar on top now, the only winners. Borussia Mönchengladbach and Inter drew, and then Real lost. Five games left. There's still an assumption, I think, that Real and Inter will go through in some order. But who knows? It, it is a, a start that kind of tosses that entire thing into question. And this is the other thing with Real. Like I mentioned, all those guys are hurt. Eden Hazard still not playing, has been sidelined as well. Um, wasn't exactly great when he was fully healthy with them in his entire post-Chelsea career with Real. Um, yeah, I mean, both Spanish teams are somewhat in limbo, but at least Barca, you look to them, they still have a guy named Lionel Messi. For, for Real, you kind of wonder, like, who is the talisman on this team? It's probably Sergio Ramos, who's a center back and not always healthy and often out with red card suspensions anyway. So uh, Yeah, that is not a talisman know. you want. Yeah, I don't, I don't That's know. like the cursed Tiki in, in Brady Bunch. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I, I don't know what their plan is. Um, it would not shock me at all if they don't make it out of that group. Which, I mean, before this week, it would have certainly shocked me. But now, all of a sudden, here we are, and we really have to start looking at it are they going to be able to do that? Let's take a look real quick. Right now, by the way, to win the group, they're plus 190 on DraftKings. Most of our numbers, unless we can find a better number somewhere else, we're going to use numbers from DraftKings. For those of you who don't know, it's largely because of just a wide betting menu that they give us and the fact that you have so many more options than some other places. Uh, full disclosure, they do not pay us to say any of this. It's just something that we found, plus the fact that they're available more widely than most U.S. books. So using Vegas numbers doesn't quite make sense, but most of our listeners are probably not in Vegas here. But they're also minus 155 to finish top two. 
So but I don't know now. Still all giving them all that start... respect. Yeah, I mean, they're still getting a lot of respect, um, which I guess you can understand. I, I don't. I don't actually have the, the stats in front of me. I don't know when the last time they didn't make it out of the group was, but I mean, that's that's as, let's put it this way. That's as bad of a start as you could possibly have, uh, losing at home to Shakhtar, who's I, I would. Say, I mean, at least on paper, and you mentioned the COVID thing too. Um, considered the weakest team in the group. Yeah, I mean, there. This is this is one of the tougher groups out of what is really a well balanced draw for across the board. This is that harder group, and now all of a sudden, because you know that Inter is going to be good, you know that Shakhtar. Now all of a sudden, you got to look at and say, wait, wait a second, they could do some damage here, especially because they don't have to care as much about a domestic competition because the reality is they're most likely going to win the Turkish league. They don't have a whole lot of competition up there at the top. And it means that they can focus more on the champions league. So they're going to be a team that's worth looking into, especially because you can still get them at plus 500 to win the group. You so have something, an inter number there, Tom? For advancing uh, and winning? One second here. I do have an inter number for you. They're now the favorite to win the group at plus 170 and to advance their minus 167. Because I'll be honest, watching a lot of soccer yesterday or on Wednesday, um, you know, I, I still think, and, and that was another um, bet that didn't hit for me. Um, it wasn't a bet that I mentioned here on the show, but it's one that I ended up taking. Um, I took very, I took an inter live play to, <laughs> to put the cherry on top of the loss there. Um, but I, I thought inter was far and away the better team, you know, and yeah. I still, I still think inter is a really good side. I think they looked less worrying than Real. Now, obviously, they got the draw, so it's like, all right, well, obviously, they didn't lose. But in general, there's an argument that they looked like the best team of the four. I mean, Shakhtar, I guess you'll give them the credit there, but Shakhtar didn't look great in the second half. They looked really good in the first half, didn't look great in the second, and none of us are trying to make the case that Shakhtar is the best team, at least on paper, in the group. So I'm kind of wondering about an inter to win the group move. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing now. I mean, the number isn't quite there anymore, but at plus 170, you're still getting a decent little price on them. And they certainly have a good chance to make that happen, especially if you think that they can take on and beat Shakhtar this week in the Champions League. They're minus 118 favorites at DraftKings to do just that. And really, I mean, if you think they can win that game, it's going to put them in a very nice position the rest of the way. There's still a lot of soccer left to be played in these group stages, but... That's a number that I would consider – I would definitely consider making a small play on it if you like them to win this week. Yeah, Which, I mean, by the way, what, what do you think of that game there versus Shakhtar? I mean, they should win handily. I was going to say, though, if Shakhtar somehow does come out and win again, I'm fascinated to see – I mean, I don't think that's going to happen, but I'd be fascinated to see what happens with all the numbers because they're, you would imagine, going to stay a plus price on all of those bets – advance win even as a team that's gotten six points of six um so then like the whole group just gets thrown into the vortex of who knows what'll happen um but yeah man i this this coronavirus year continues to give us more surprises in the footy world we've talked about everything in epl and champions league giving us tons of it too yeah no question about it but right now let's move back through this week's Champions League, I think we've done enough recap here. We can move on and start talking about some more of these plays this weekend. One of the biggest games coming up is going to be Juventus versus Barcelona. Any any inkling here? Juventus plus 188 at DraftKings, Barcelona plus 148, and the draw plus 235. And finally, we're hopefully getting a Ronaldo-Messi showdown if Ronaldo is healthy 
he of course was diagnosed with COVID. Yeah, it's obviously a, a really fun fixture. Um, this was not one I circled for a play just because I, I think anything could happen in this. Um, Barca, both of these teams are still quote unquote giants of Europe that have problems. Now, I know that sounds crazy to say with Barca coming off of that drubbing. Both teams are coming off of wins in their opening Champions League games. Um, but I, you know, I need to see a pretty big sample size of what Barca is doing combining domestic and Europe before I think that kind of everything is right with the ship there with all the drama that happened with Messi and off the field and with wage cuts now uh, reportedly happening to employees kind of across the FC Barcelona landscape um, due to the economic issues of the current footy situation. Um, there's just a lot of drama. Now, part of that is just the tabloids like to find the drama at a place like Barca, but I wonder how much that's going to affect them. Juve, the question is always with them, and this has been true with wherever Cristiano Ronaldo plays throughout his career, how healthy is CR? Um, in what kind of form is CR? If he's at his best, I think Juve wins this game. And so then the argument is, hey, if you can get Juventus with a fully healthy Cristiano Ronaldo at a plus price, I think you take that more often than not. But I'm not, as of now, grabbing this game. I think I'm going to wait until maybe early next week to um, you know, take a look at some of the injury situations and maybe – reassess based on what these teams do domestically this weekend. Yeah, I think that's something that you have to really look at, especially because Barcelona has the big one, El Clasico, this weekend. Yeah, and, I, you know, this is the thing, like, both this, – this plays into Real next week in Champions League too, right? Like, you have to – and here I was. I thought there was another week um, before the, the next games – Everything is condensed. Um, there's so much soccer. I don't care how big of a team you are, how much rotation in theory you have. Um, this is where the depth of teams is really tested. I mentioned the injuries that Real has. You need all hands on deck. And, you know, I, sometimes we put too much stock on what a team does domestically. I think I've fallen into that trap before because you don't know where a team's priorities are, right? Like it's possible they're overlooking the weekend game for Champions League. But like you say, El Clasico, not a game you overlook. So I think you should assume that they're focusing on that before anything happens next week. Agreed. And just real quick, Barcelona plus 105 in that Madrid plus 240. Give me Barcelona all day. The way yeah. they're looking, how can you bet against them in this game? Yeah, plus, I mean, plus money. That uh, is money, I think, on that play for sure. No doubt about it. Now let's look through a couple more of these Champions League matchups before we get into the entire Premier League slate here. Next up, Atletico Madrid versus Red Bull Salzburg. You've got to play on this one, don't you? I do. I, I you know, th this was one of the things I was trying to look at uh, while watching the Bayern Atletico game. I was thinking, man, what is going to be the reaction here? Because we all know how good Bayern is. They were the odds on favorite to win Champions League again, which by the way, even though they were the favorites and I almost never try to take the favorite on a Champions League future, that they plus money, I think it was plus 400. You know, that's a pretty good price for a team that seems worlds above anyone else in the world right now. Um, and it's so dropped thinking, all the way to 300 now, by the way. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I still wonder if that's worth taking, but now it's kind of like, oh, we should have taken it before. Um, it, it's so hard because the value isn't there, but you talk about the teams that have a good chance to win this competition and Byron is right at the top. Yeah. I mean, it's like a big golf tournament. I mean, it's not quite as many people, but you know, a dude who's completely in form, but the value isn't there. It's like, oh, I'd much rather take, uh, you know, so-and-so at 30 to one, but Byron is the best team that value is there. I mean, the, the lack of value is there for a reason. 
But this takes me to the other side of it. It's like, is there going to be an overreaction for Atletico based on this? Because they got completely dropped. It's very rare that Atletico Madrid gives up four goals in anything. One of the best defensive teams in the world. And I'm choosing to say, and I know that I have a final four um, future on Atletico, so of course I'm going to say this, but I'm choosing to kind of take the Bayern side of that game that it had more to do with Bayern dominance than any problems with Atleti. And I'm taking Atletico minus one in this Salzburg game. I don't think the Salzburg team is very good. Um, you know, we talk about that push protection. I think that is golden on this bet. And I think Atletico should do enough with some of the new attacking pieces that, that they brought in. We think about Luis Suarez, for example, to get a two-goal win in this and cleanly uh, cover that goal line. So I'm taking Atletico minus one. I really like that play. I think that they're going to be able to cover. My only issue with it is this, it's not like this is an Atletico team that scores a lot of goals. But with the addition of Luis Suarez, I think they're going to be able to put up enough. And while I think that this might end 1-0 in favor of Atletico, I, I don't hate getting the push protection for the same reason that we had Arsenal plus one last week. I, I don't hate a play like that this week. Yeah, I'll fully admit I'm playing this for the 2 nil specifically nothing yeah. more <laughs> but I think they'll hit it I, I I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you on that I don't think it's a game that I am going to take but I I like where your head's at on the play and I'm with you on it let's move on down the list now Chelsea versus Krasnodar I am very curious to see what your play is on this we were talking about what games we wanted to go through beforehand you highlighted this one what do you got cooking little tricky because it's in that aforementioned Eastern European early slate. Chelsea heading off to Russia, um, a league that maybe we often give a little bit uh, too much disrespect to. However, I don't think we should be overthinking this one. Chelsea does really well in these types of group stage Champions League games, putting a ton of goals past minnows. They may finish in second, Chelsea, in this group. Um, and it might, you know, be somewhat close, but I don't think it's going to be because of what they do against Krasnodar and Rene. I'm doing various plays here. I'm taking Chelsea minus one, getting that push protection again, but I don't think I'll need it at all. I think they're going to win handily despite the road uh, matchup. And I'm also, and this is the one where you're going to shake your head, but I'm taking them on money line, Chelsea that is. Why? Because I'm planning on taking Chelsea every money line play against Krasnodar and Rene, hoping for a four of four hit. As long as those prices stay inside or below minus 200, in this case, I'm seeing minus 165. I know it sounds like a crazy thing to touch, but I feel that confident that Chelsea's going to win it. And I'm doing a kind of macro view of this where I'm thinking, don't overthink it. Take Chelsea on the heavy juice all four of these games. And I'm going to come out okay as long as they get three of the four. And I think they'll get all four. So I'm going to stick with that. Chelsea minus one and minus 165. I usually don't pair up a money line and a goal spread like that. But in this case, I'm doing kind of a big picture and a small picture for Chelsea. Interesting. Now, are you planning on a rolling parlay there where you are taking all of your winnings from the first Chelsea game and rolling them into the next several? Or are you just going to bet the same consistent unit, unit amount? I'm just going to bet the same consistent unit. I think there is a possibility of one slip in one of the Rene games, um, but I feel pretty confident it won't happen, but there's, there's that possibility of one slip. So I'm going to keep them separate. Uh, I'm just going to ride the same unit. And again, this isn't going to happen if somehow like Chelsea home to Krasnodar is minus 
375. You know, I'm only doing this on the minus 200. So it's possible that all this will completely backfire on me. But that's what I'm starting <laughs> out with. And, uh, you know, I, Chelsea's a weird team. We're going to talk more about them in the Prem. But there, is, there are so many pieces here. It's just a question of managing, of tactics, of identity, and of defense. And I don't think all of that necessarily comes into play in some of these kind of lower Champions League matchups in the same way that it does domestically. I think that's a very, very good point. One more uh, Champions League play for maybe is really I don't like a whole lot on this Champions League slate this week. I do like uh, Juventus-Barcelona. I, I think I'm going to take Barcelona. I'm leaning towards them at the plus 148. I think they come out on top in this game. They have fewer problems in my mind than Juventus right now. But the final game, I like, I like Club Bruges versus Lazio. Lazio is plus 133. And if I'm as high on Dortmund as I am, I feel like I have to respect the 3-1, the 3-1 performance that Lazio had against them this week and say that they can do something just as well against Club Bruges, who's a plus 205 dog. Give me Lazio with the plus money here. Interesting, interesting. Because, you know, it's funny. We talked about Lazio uh, last week. And I, this is something I'll admit I overvalue sometimes is like, oh man, they've been sliding. You know, you go back to last year, you look at form and all this, but the talent is there. It's a really, it's a really cohesive bunch, a team with a real identity about them. Um, and man, you're right. Like that Dortmund uh, result, I did not see coming at all. And Lazio completely outclassed them in just about every way. And uh, yeah, I, maybe I'll follow you on that. Lazio is an interesting play there against a Belgian team that they should definitely beat. Yeah, I mean, anytime I can get plus money on a game where I feel like I'm going to have a very, very good chance at winning, I, when I feel like the number is that off, I feel like I have to take it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you got you to gotta follow your gut on plays like that. That's one of the ways that you make money when you think you have an edge there. But you want to talk about edges. This is a very rough Premier League slate this week, in my opinion. There's a lot of games that I really don't want to look at, but there are a couple where I think there is some value to be had. Let's run through the entire slate here, if you don't mind, Taylor. Let's yeah, start. let's do it. I agree with you. I, I think this is a rough one, but let's find something. I agree. There might be some of these games where we just look at and go, there is nothing to talk about here, but hey, we'll move on from them. But right now, let's start Aston Villa versus Leeds. They'll be playing at noon on Friday. Full disclosure, we record on Thursdays. Pod drops on Fridays. So you may miss this play, but we'll try and tweet it out. Aston Villa is a plus 125 favorite. The tie is plus 250 and Leeds plus 215. I know we loved Leeds last week and they let us down, but I think we have to respect what Aston Villa has been able to do so far this season. Any team who puts up, what, seven goals on Liverpool? you have to take them with a plus 125 against a team that just came up from the championship. I agree, Tom. And, you know, this is one where you mentioned people might miss it depending on when the pod drops. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world because um, either of these could hit. I really don't feel that confident either way. But I am maybe on a small unit, maybe on a real unit, uh, going to take Aston Villa on that plus price. I saw plus 128, 125, somewhere in that range. I think it's a, a solid move for Villa. You mentioned that Aston Villa 7-2 Liverpool drubbing, which remains one of the craziest results we've seen in a long, long time. Um, I was almost just as impressed by what they did against Leicester last week, winning that game 1-0. Why? Because it shows a Villa team that is completely different from what we saw in the relegation fight last year. They have 
totally improved that defense with one of the best goalkeepers in the league and Emmy Martinez, a great fullback play at Matty Cash and Matt Target. And my boy, former Chelsea man Ross Barkley seems to have completely overturned that midfield, which to be honest, Tom, is often what I'm looking at more than anything in these matchups is who can control the middle of the park, which I think Villa can do more than Leeds if you just look at the individual players. Um, so, you know, I, this is a game eventually, the, the thing with Villa, the thought process has to be when is the luck, if you think it's luck, or when is the form going to run out? They've won their first four games on the trot in a row so far this year. Can they get five? I'm taking Villa, especially on the logic that I just haven't made enough money on them so far on this run. I want to have a little bit of fun with them before they inevitably regress. I think they still keep the run going here. I'm going to take Villa. Yeah, I think we have to keep believing in this team until they show us reason not to, especially when the books aren't believing in them and are still giving us stuff like plus 125 on them against a team like Leeds that while I think is going to finish mid-table and is going to be a decent squad, not a basement dweller that goes straight back to the championship, I still think you just have to take a number like that, especially when they have a guy like my guy, former Everton man, Ross Barkley. They're your guy as well. I forgot. That's right. Well, here, that's the thing on the number, Tom. Like, I had to get that in. Of course. Well, the, the it's a great point on the number because, like, if a big six, think about the so-called big six, right? Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea, et cetera, et cetera, um, started out this well, won four of their first their first four games in a row. This price would be like minus two hundred on that team. So we obviously know that Aston Villa can't do this over a thirty-eight game sample size but you have to give them more respect than that price. And uh, yeah, anywhere on the plus side, I'm taking them. Exactly. Now let's move on to West Ham Man City. Is there anything to talk about in this game? I, West Ham plus 650, City minus 265, draw plus 440. This is exactly where you'd think it would be. Like, what can it's you do? There's it's right in the, it's right in the zone of, of, of lean, no touch. I do think the smart play on paper, if, if you ask me, if you're like, man, I have to bet this game, right? Like, I, I'm not, like, for whatever reason, like, I have to bet this game. Um, do everything City. You know, I know I know that there's there's crazy juice on all this stuff. Don't touch the money line. I mean, there's no reason to do that. But um, touch the quarter ball, minus 1.25. You're also laying minus 120 on that, which, again, this is not a bet I'm going to make. But I'm just saying, like, if you have to touch this game, I think that's the play. Sergio Aguero is back in this team. City is playing really well. Um, you know, is Sergio Aguero the same player as he was in 2012? Absolutely not. But I think having a guy like that up top just to take pressure away from dudes like Sterling and De Bruyne and Foden um, and all those great creative players, defenders still respect Sergio Aguero. He might not be scoring goals at the same rate, but he's going to take some of that attention away. And I think West Ham, they do this every year. They have a little bit of a, of a run, then they completely fall off again. Um, this would not shock me if City wins it by five goals. So if you have to take it, take that quarter ball goal line, stay away from the money line. Yeah, I think that's the only possible play you can make, but I have no interest in this game. I am staying away, but I am also definitely going to stay away, not just from the betting, but from the watching of Fulham Crystal Palace. Is there anything <laughs> worth there's nothing worth why this is an ugly game. yeah I mean I I uh am a psychopath so I probably will be watching um but maybe not more than like 10 minutes um mm -hmm. this is the thing <laughs> and this is another one where I'm going to kind of try to talk people into something that I might not bet myself but Fulham 
they have to win eventually, right? Like eventually, like at least in theory, like we talk about, um, you know, the haves and the have nots and the prem, but at the end of the day, like it is the deepest major league in the world. And these teams at the bottom pull off results all the time. I think a lot of the preseason hype on palace didn't make a ton of sense to me. They have a couple of players that I like. Um, but I will say this, Fulham might be a little bit better defensively than we thought earlier in the year. This was a team that you couldn't touch in any way because of how horrific they were defensively. Half of their back line now, Tom, is American. Tim Ream and Ante Robinson. Um, And I'm not just saying this because I'm wearing a U.S. jersey right now. Both of those guys have actually made that back four a little bit better. I am leaning Fulham on the plus one. Tim Ream isn't as good as he used to be. No, he's not, but I'm leaning Fulham plus 185. I don't like, this is the thing, I don't like this Palace team that much. You know, I went against them last week. Um, I like Wilfried Zaha, and I don't really like anyone else week to week. It's kind of like another guy steps up and then falls off for another two months. Um, yeah, Zaha is the only one you want on your fantasy team. For sure. Fulham had 12 chances created last game. Missed a penalty. Could have totally won that match. You know, I, again, I don't know if I'm putting uh, <laughs> U.S. currency on this, but I think I like Fulham more than Palace. Again, if someone's like, oh, man, I want to take a money line play, plus 185, yeah, I don't know. I, I lean Fulham. They have to win eventually, right? Theor- theoretically, no? I mean, theoretically, they definitely <laughs> do, but uh, Vinny Maiulo over at Gone Gaming, he's one of their uh, sportsbook operators, that, sportsbook directors there. Phenomenal guy at Vicen Vinny on Twitter, give him some love. One of the wisest things, one of the many wise things he has told me, every week, the book has no choice. The book has to put a line out on every game. You don't have to take every game. <laughs> and that is where the better's true advantage lies. That's the, the house always wins, but the only advantage that the better actually has is the fact that they can pick and choose which games they want to take. And that's why I want to stay away from this game, be assured. Maybe they have to win at some point, and this is one of those chances where they can. But do I really want to bet? Do, do I really ever want to place my currency on this Fulham team? The answer to that is a resounding no. We're, we're like one and a half shows in, Tom, and I think that's the smartest thing that's been said on this program. That is excellent advice. If that's the smartest thing that gets said, I'll take it. <laughs> you do not Manchester have to United. bet every game. Yeah, Manchester United, Chelsea. This one is actually going to be interesting here. United plus 145, Chelsea plus 175, tied plus 260. Yeah, I'm not taking any of those. In fact, I'm looking at the total. Let's take a look at the scoring for these teams so far, Tom. Chelsea, 2.6 to 1.8. That's a 4.4 goal average in every one of their games so far. United, 2.25 to 3 for their opponents. That's a 5.25 average, so a 4.4 average against a 5.25 average. The over is 3 flat uh, at a slight plus price as well. I saw plus 105. Um, I'm not sure if it's moved since I last looked at that, but – that is the play for me. Over three in this game, you know, I, I remembered kind of after the Chelsea-Southampton game last week, which was a um, disaster for Chelsea, uh, ultimately uh, settling for the 3-3 draw. I remembered like, oh, who's Chelsea playing next week? Oh, that's right, Manchester United, two teams that are basically going to kind of um, – just be playing this completely open style of game. Many Chelsea United games over the years have been crazy. And while I often throw that out the window, I think that matters here too. Um, 
But, you know, I'm not fully into any kind of like Manchester United's defense has turned a corner, nor am I in that boat with Chelsea, even though Chelsea had a clean sheet in the Champions League at midweek. I think this is going to be one of these crazy, what are we watching Prem games? And I love the over three. I am completely with you on that and I'll 100% be following you on that exact same play. This is a game where you have to play the total because either side can come out on top. But there's no way, if it's over three, there's no way this game ends 2-1. This is this this has two three this has three two three three written all over it. Totally, totally. I mean, I you know, again, I, I liked what I saw from the fullbacks. Wanda Saka played really well in midweek against PSG. Um, but you know, United is not that far removed from the Spurs drubbing. They're not that far removed from some of these horror shows. And I don't think either team is gonna drub the other. I, I agree with you. I think it's gonna be, you know, two, 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 three, 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 somewhere in that range. And um, yeah, I, I just, you know, three, we're going to have to start to be careful with three as a total number because it seems like the books are trying to kind of bait people into that uh, in a lot of these games, even as scoring remains high, it's going to drop, but this is not the game to start trying to flirt with unders or even a no touch. You got to hit the over here. Completely agree. Now a team that over the last three years, we haven't been able to say this, but Finally, in the midweek, something went right for Liverpool with that own goal by Ajax, giving them the win in the Champions League. Now they're going to come home to play Sheffield in the Prem. Liverpool minus 435, Sheffield plus 1150, tie plus 540. Uh, Personally, for me, I need to wait and see more from Liverpool. This isn't really going to be a game that tells us too much about them in the post-Virgil van Dijk era, but before I'm going to take any more action on them or against them, I need to see what they look like in a couple more games without, without Van Dyke in that center back spot because their, their defense was already shaky before, and now I think it's only going to get worse, but this isn't the game where I'm ready to jump in yet. I have in bold, italics, underlined, capitalized everything, no play written down here for this Liverpool-Sheffield <laughs> United game. I totally agree with you. I will say this. It seems like, and, you know, we do this with reactionary take culture all the time. You know, you and I do it too. But, like, there has been a little bit of an overreaction to, oh, my gosh, Liverpool is terrible now. It's like, no, they have taken a massive step back. The regression was inevitable. We saw all of this last year. I still think they're going to be a team that fights for the top four in the, in the Premier League. I still think they're an interesting team to watch. They have Thiago in the middle of the park. You look at the forwards that they have. Mo Salah is still one of the best players in the world on his day. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think they're winning the league, and I think we're both in agreement on that. But this is the type of game where they should still win. Now, having said that, there's no number to get. Like, I, the, the thing I would be looking at is a Sheffield United play if I thought Liverpool had completely fallen off the cliff. But I just don't think this Blades team has looked very good either. Um, there's no good number here. There's just no good number. Um, you know, minus 1.75 in the quarter ball zone on the goals against a pretty good Sheffield United defense could totally hit, but I, there's no way in hell I'm taking that. Yeah, nothing, nothing here. Yeah, that, that, that's the big problem with it. It's, it's a team that we don't know enough about right now versus a team that we know is bad, and why would you take a number on that? But moving on from them to their rivals on the other side of the Mercy River, Southampton, Everton. Southampton plus 170, draw plus 245, Everton plus 155, and I was all ready to jump on Everton. 
nothing in this game until I saw news today. They're most likely – they're 100% without Richarlison. He got that red card in the derby last weekend. And now they might be without James as well because he got a little bit banged up in the beginning of that game in a collision with Virgil van Dijk, ironically. But looks like he might not play this week. And so now that's put that game into doubt for me to where I went from, yes, I like Everton getting plus 155 to now – I'm going to stay away from this one. Yeah, the uh, Colombian beats who basically just cover James and nothing else for a living are saying that he's out this weekend. So I'm trusting them on that. Um, You know, Everton is better than Villa, but I think a similar logic holds for me where it's like eventually they're going to lose some of these games. Southampton is in really good form, Tom. They've had three good results in a row, two wins, and that Chelsea 3-3 draw that almost feels like a win for them came back into that game, showed a ton of attacking strength and power. Everyone's, of course, narrative after that game was, oh, Chelsea's defense still still stinks. Um, But I think Southampton is a really fun team going forward. Keep in mind, Danny Ings, one of the golden boot contenders last year. I think he'll score a lot of goals this year too. The biggest matchup I like in this game is James Ward-Prowse overrunning the Everton midfield in this game. I think the lack of some of those players that are going to be out there, it's a huge test for Alan. We'll see what he does with it. Um, but I'm actually taking, not a no touch, I'm taking Southampton in this game, plus 170. All right. I, I, you, you, you've kind of convinced me on that play. I'm still going to stay away from it because I don't want to bet against Everton here on the run of form that they've been on. But without James, I, I think you're right. I think this is the time to start looking at Southampton. But At the same time, I could see DCL completely going off and putting two in the back of the net to give Everton a win. So I'm going to, I'm going to just watch this one as a fan. It's a nice 7 a.m. game. So that's going to be an easier wake up for me. And I'm just going to look ahead to that one to watch, maybe take a play on in game once I see how Everton is doing in it. But I don't hate where your head's at on Southampton there. Now, real quick, let's get through a couple more of these games before we have to go here. Wolves versus Newcastle. Anything you like? Wolves minus 125, Newcastle plus 410. Going back to the total well on this one, Tom. Under yeah, 2.25 so. quarter ball. Now, these are two of the top six uh, expected goals teams in the Prem, but a big part of both teams is neither one has a lot of the ball. These are teams that love to just let the other team have a lot of the possession. Usually when I see matchups like that, I think under – this to me screams a one nil, uh, maybe a two goal total. You get that push protection on half the bet. Um, I am going under two and a quarter quarter ball on this one. All right. I, I was, I was eyeing that total as well, because I, I really don't think that this is going to be a high scoring affair. I mean, neither of these teams really has the capability of putting a lot in the back of the net, but both teams have been doing pretty well defensively in my opinion. So I may have to follow you on that play. But right now, let's just speed through these last three games here. We have Arsenal versus Leicester. This one could be interesting. Arsenal minus 112, Leicester plus 290, and the draw at plus 280. You looking at anything here? I think it's a fun one to bet live, Tom. Uh, This is just going to be a fun game to watch in general. Two teams that, you know, you're always trying to see that step forward again. Of course, Leicester more recent champions than Arsenal, which is a very fun thing to say. Um, I like Leicester plus a half goal because of that. I think both are going to um, really compete, could totally see a draw in this game. Not one of my favorite plays of the week because it could go either way, but I'm going Leicester half a goal. Brighton, Brighton and Hove versus West Brom, anything. 
minus 134 for Brighton, plus 340 for West Brom, drop three to one. You know, Brighton had these games where they look okay, but they just don't put the ball in the back of the net. Um, West Brom, decent amount of attacking punch. Sometimes they put the ball in the back of the net, sometimes they don't. West Brom coming off of a nil-nil, but they also had 11 chances created in that game. Um, I'm going West Brom just because the numbers seem a little bit out of whack, not on the money line, but on the plus half, plus one, so plus .75 quarter ball goal line. That's a bold play. I don't like anything with teams that are so inconsistent. I can't predict what they're going to do, and I can't feel good about what either of these teams is going to come in here with. But there's one more game on the Premier League slate, Burnley versus Tottenham. This one is sure to be the match of the week. <laughs> I uh, I would maybe argue against that, but it's <laughs> one of these, where do I find my parlay, right? People are going to be thinking about linking up Spurs, City, maybe Liverpool in a three-teamer. Maybe you add a fourth team in there. I would stay away from everything in this one. Tottenham, um, still a team that I have some belief in but I just think the books have them figured out more often than not. I don't see good enough numbers. Um, So I, yeah, this is a stay away. I am completely with you on that. Why would you even want to entertain this game? There's no way that Tottenham goes full Mourinho in this particular contest and drops that, but that's going to conclude the premier league slate. We do have a couple games to get here before we take you out here with our top three picks, because you've got a couple plays around the world and let's start right in our own backyard it's el trafico this weekend lafc versus the galaxy who are at the bottom of the western conference this is a tale of two a city divided what are you looking at here although i think i know the answer well we love an el trafico um careful this is what i'm saying to myself careful when you just remember how bad the galaxy have been uh in recent times However, this is a series, this is a derby that usually produces a ton of goals. I know that the last few out, last couple out, 3-0, 2-0, not necessarily the case. Before that, 6-2, 5-3, 3-3, 3-2, four games in a row, uh, complete overhits in this series. And you know what? This is one where it's like, I want some fun with it. I'm not entirely sure if it hits. I'm taking the over 3.75. So I need five goals total in order to hit both sides of that quarter ball. Um, Four would give me some of my money back, but I'm hoping that it's more like some of those games that I just mentioned, as opposed to the last two. I think it will be a barn burner. These teams typically are, and LA can still put up some goals. And the other thing is that LAFC is going to be a team that you can rely on to kind of cover up the slack on that scoring because if, if Galaxy can get one, LFC can get four. Oh, for sure. If, Gal- if Galaxy gets one, I feel great. I, I think the 4-1, 5-1 uh, LFC uh, result is in play. A crazy like 3-3 is in play too, but, I, you know, LAFC is so much better right now. I think they'll take up most of the slack on that. Now you have two more plays here. Red Bull Leipzig versus Hertha. What are you looking at here? Going Leipzig, Leipzig on the goal line. I know I've stuck in that quarter ball a lot this week, more than I usually like to, but minus 1.25 for Leipzig. They've won five of their last six in all comps. They seem to have adjusted pretty well without Timo Werner, the power of Julian Nagelsmann, one of my favorite center backs in the world in Dio, Upamecano, fun name to say. Um, they also have just a lot of young players who are just now getting into the groove, guys like America's own Tyler Adams, He Chan Huang as well. Um, their future remains bright. I think they're going to be a fun team to keep taking this year. And they're much better than Hertha. I loved what I saw from Leipzig in midweek in the Champions League. 
taking Leipzig on the goals. I'm going to agree with you on that. Leipzig is a very good team, and this Hertha Berlin team, they're very wishy-washy so far. I don't follow the Bundesliga that well, but I may tell you on this play as well. I know I say that a lot on this show, but hey, sometimes I just like where your head's at, and you know I tell you when, you're, when I'm of a completely different mind. But one more play for you here, Ligue 1, Lyon versus Monaco. Yeah, fun matchup, two of France's biggest clubs, um, but I'm not taking either side. I'm once again taking a total and going under three. We mentioned that that number three has been thrown out by books a lot here in this kind of nouveau high-scoring era of soccer. This is a matchup that in any other season would be a two and a half over under. So I'm just kind of looking at that as a new adjustment that the books are making. And I don't think it makes a lot of sense when you kind of look into the margins. Monaco, they don't score a lot of goals in general, the games they have scored multiple goals this year versus Reim, Nantes, and Strasbourg, two of the worst defenses in the league, and then Nantes, who are about below average. Uh, Leon, similar. I do like their attack. Of course, keep in mind, they took City out in the Champions League last year. Really fun run for them. Um, and I do like them to win, but I think three is an adjusted number because of this pandemic era. Um, give me under, and maybe if you want to take that minus 145 juice on Lyon, I wouldn't fault you. It's just a little bit too rich for my blood, but do what you want. I like the under three, though. All right, well, that's going to wrap up pretty much everything that we have to go through. We've hit the entire Premier League slate. We've hit the Champions League, and we've gone around the world a little bit. Before we head out, Taylor, give your three best plays of the week. Three best plays of the week, all of them are in England, which is funny because I said I didn't love the slate this week. I didn't love it, but I like these plays a lot. One of them, we loved it when we talked about it, loving it again now, over three in Manchester United, Chelsea. I think that's going to be a barn burner and a classic game. History would tell us as much. Another game, I'm taking Southampton plus 170. I really think that James is more important to that team than we realize. You say PCL could go off and score the goals. I think that's true. But James has maybe been the best player in the Prem so far this season. Him not playing in that game. You mentioned the Richarlison injury as well. Southampton in pretty good form. I like them as well. Another play, and maybe this sounds crazy to you, but I love the under two and a quarter in Wolves, Newcastle. These are two teams that uh, really have shown that they don't want a lot of the ball. They want to kind of let the other team play and then react to it. When you have two teams like that going up against each other, often the game can be nil-nil 70 minutes in, which should be fine for an under there. That's a game that I might have to follow you on. I'm on the complete opposite side on Everton, but I'm probably not going to put money on that one. And then I love that overplay as well in Man U Chelsea. So I'll probably be following you on a couple of those. My top three, when we started this show, were all in the Premier League. And by the time we ended the show, I had shifted them almost entirely. One Prem game that I'm still taking as my top pick, Aston Villa plus 128 over Leeds. I think that this Villa run does not end today. I think that they're the better team than Leeds, and we're still getting that plus money. So let's take advantage of it, why don't we, before the books catch up or before they come crashing back to earth. Aston Villa plus 128 before moving into the Champions League. My other two plays here, I'm sorry, one of them is in the Champions League. Lazio plus 133 over Club Bruges. I, I just, I really like this Lazio team because of what I saw them do against Dortmund and the fact that they're still playing pretty well in the, in the, in Serie A. I, I think that you've got to take them when you're getting plus money against a team that you really feel like that they can beat up on in Club Bruges. And then finally, I need some action in El Clasico, so give me Barcelona plus 105 over Madrid. Three sides this week. Not taking any totals here, although I'm 
probably going to follow you on those other two totals like we talked about. Very nice. Very nice. I think I'll follow you on uh, El Clasico as well. Um, I've tried staying away from both of those teams, but Barca is much better than Real at this point. And any kind of plus price on that? Are you kidding me? Makes sense. Have to do it. That's going to conclude our show here. Thank you so much to the Book It Sports Network, our wonderful, wonderful host. You can catch us on Spotify and you can find us on Twitter. I'm at TV at work. Taylor, where can the folks find you? You can find me at ATLTWIL. Tweet at us. Let us know your picks of the week. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We want to hear back from you. Don't forget, like, subscribe, and share. Follow us on Spotify. Give us a rating, preferably a good one. You know what? Give us a rating if you like us. If you don't like us, then just pretend we don't exist and go about your business and your day. Thank you so much for being with us. We will be right back here next week. Best of luck this weekend, everybody. Thank you.